Merry Christmas, friend. I am so proud of you for listening to this podcast today. As you are making an intentional choice to fix your heart on Jesus, the one we are supposed to be celebrating this time of year. My hope and prayer is that this would be an encouragement to you and remind you that Jesus came for all, but he also came just for you. Help me spread this message by sharing it with your friends and family on social media, and also by clicking the button to text this episode to them. We both know we could all use something that would help us focus more on celebrating that Jesus came instead of getting caught up in the crazy of this time of year. This Advent study is brought to you by Online Women's Bible Study and Online Women's Retreat. If you are looking to grow in God's Word and community, you get a week free to try out being a member at OnlineWomensBibleStudy.com. This is the perfect time to join because we are doing some special things for Advent, including giving the PDF version of this study away to our members. Finally, this January is the next online women's retreat, and you do not want to miss out on this. Go to onlinewomensretreat.com to grab a spot if you want 2022 to be the year you found some serious freedom in Jesus, identified your purpose, and chased hard after His call for your life. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Now let's get started with focusing our hearts and minds on the one who came for all. Day 4, Genealogy by Elizabeth Heidman Talk to God, praise, repent, ask, yield, then stop and listen. The genealogies show us promises fulfilled. They show us our hope will not be dismayed. They show us God's sovereignty, loving kindness, and wisdom. We tend to want to skip over the genealogies in the Bible. They're a list of unfamiliar and difficult to pronounce names. We skim through, moving quickly onto what we consider the main plot of the story. Today, we're not skipping. Read Matthew Matthew 1, 1 through 17. Side note, as Elizabeth just mentioned, this is the genealogy list and it is very hard to pronounce. So apologies that I will get many, many names wrong. Matthew 1, 1 through 17. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Bihah, and Abihah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah and the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiudad, and Abiudad the father of Elikim, 
and Eliakim, the father of Azor, and Azor, the father of Zadok, and Zadok, the father of Akim, and Akim, the father of Eliad, and Eliad, the father of Mathan, and Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Most likely, you saw a lot of names you'd never heard before. Personally, I think this would be a great place to find your next pet's name. There's probably a lot of other Zerubbabels at the dog. There probably aren't a lot of Zerubbabels at the dog park. Also likely you saw some names you recognized. Perhaps you even know some of the people listed fairly well. Prompt. Jot down the names you recognize from this list. While we may be familiar with a few names on this list, Matthew's original audience was familiar with many more. Matthew wrote to people who were part of his family, of this family. They had heard of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob since they were born. Ruth and Rahab were probably familiar stories. They knew of Jehoshaphat and Amminadab, like we know of Benjamin Franklin, Princess Diana, our great, our, or great Aunt Ethel, whose chocolate fudge pie recipe is a family legend. They also knew of the promises each of these people held in their hearts from Genesis 3.15, when God promised Eve an offspring to crush the serpent's head. God's people had been waiting on the snake crusher. Matthew's genealogy begins with a different promise, though. He begins in verse 2 with Abraham. Read Genesis 12, 1 through 3. What did God promise Abraham, then known as Abram? Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What did God promise Abraham, then known as Abram? What did God promise Abraham, then known as Abram? Only a few chapters, though many years after God promised to bring a serpent crusher through Eve, he promised to make Abraham into a great nation. If you know anything about Abram's story, you know this was impossible without God. But Abraham believed, and Abraham died before the promise was fulfilled. We don't have time to go through every name on this family tree, but this first stanza alone, verse 2 through 6, has some incredible stories. Jacob stole an inheritance. Judah sold his brother into slavery and fathered Perez through. Let's just say a not-so-traditional relationship with Tamar. Boaz, Rahab's son, married Ruth as her kinsman redeemer and had King David's grandfather, Obed. Then we get to King David. Read 2 Samuel 7, 8-9 in verse 15. What did God promise David? 2 Samuel 7, 8-9 in verse 15. Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you want, wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones on the earth. Verse 15. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. 
What did God promise David? Here's another promise impossible without God. He promises to establish David's kingdom forever. David believed and David died without seeing that promise fulfilled. Then the rest of these names, they carried on these promises. They remembered, they taught them to their children. They worshiped the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and they died too without seeing these promises fulfilled. Until we get to verse 16. Read verse 16 again. What name is used for Jesus in this verse? Matthew 1, verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. The name of Christ is synonymous with Messiah, the King. This genealogy you just read, this list of names, it is the ancestry of the promised one, the King of Kings. Mary is the only person on this list who we know lived to see her son, the Christ conquered death and crushed the head of the serpent. But what about the other promises? Did Abraham's family become a great nation? Is David's family still on the throne? Read Romans 8, 14 through 17. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. For those of us in Christ, what does this verse say we are? We have been adopted into the family of God. We are God's children, co-heirs with Christ. That means that this genealogy, this list of begats and fathers is our list too. This is our family tree. Question, what does our adoption mean for Abram's family line? That's why we can't confidently sing, many sons had fathered Abraham and I am one of them. In Genesis 15, God says to Abraham, look at the sky and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said, your offspring will be that numerous. Read Acts 2, 29 through 36. What do these verses say about David? Acts 2, 29 through 36. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that he would set on his descendants on his thrones, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out out this on you yourselves in in our seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, and he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God had made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Question, what two names do these verses give Jesus? Jesus is Lord and Messiah. He is king and ruler. In Jesus, we see the promise to get David fulfilled. David's descendants still sit on the throne and will reign forever. Matthew's original audience would have been familiar with the names on this list, and they would have been familiar with the promises given. Matthew is establishing the foundation upon which he, te- 
He will tell the story of the Messiah, the promised one, the one who came to be our Savior and Lord. Question. Look back at the familiar names you listed after reading the genealogies. What do you know about those people? And you may have more information on some than others. Question. What about the inclusion of these names in Jesus's family tree gives you hope? When we look at the genealogies, we can see God's divine hand at work among the women, the Gentiles, the kings, the thieves, the adulterers, the warriors, and the faithful. God worked in the lives of these very broken men and women to establish his eternal family line and bring about the fulfillment of the promises he made. The truth is there are still some promises we're waiting on. We're waiting for Jesus to come again and establish his eternal throne. We're waiting on our inheritance. We're waiting to see how he works all things for good in his glory. In the waiting, though, we can look back and see what he's already done. We can remember how he was faithful to the people on this list, the people in our family. We can remember how he has been faithful for all, and we can trust that he will be faithful forever. Prompt. Write a prayer of remembrance and thanksgiving. Remember the ways God has been faithful to his promises in the past and how he has been faithful to you. Thank him for Jesus, the serpent crusher, the king of kings. Thank him for a hope that will not be dismayed. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 1 Timothy 1.17 Doer of the word, how can you apply what you've learned from the Lord? today, for a hope that will not be dismayed. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 1 Timothy 1, 17. Doer of the word, how can you apply what you've learned from the Lord today? I hope that was encouraging to you. Remember that Jesus came for all, but he also came just for you. It would be so helpful if you would leave a review of this show, plus share this with your friends and family. We want to encourage as many people as we can with this free Advent study. As a reminder, if you are looking to grow in God's word and community, you get a week free to try out being a member at OnlineWomensBibleStudy.com. Finally, this January is the next online women's retreat, and you do not want to miss out on this. Go to OnlineWomensRetreat.com to grab a spot if you want 2022 to be the year you found some serious freedom in Jesus, identified your purpose, and chased hard after His call for your life. I'll see you next time, friend. Bye.